Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Jesus is, Jesus gives unspeakable joy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unspeakable Joy Podcast. I'm Joy Sixtos, host of the show, co-hosting today with my brother, Jonathan Sixtos, whom y'all are familiar with and know and love. And we are thrilled and excited you've joined us today. We want to encourage you not only to listen, but to share the podcast with others, because we have a special guest that we're honored to have today on the show. So Jonathan, welcome. It's good to be back. Fellow co-host. This is exciting. Love sibling ministries. Today, we're going to dive right in. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get some good revelation, impartation, and just be blessed by our pastor, our childhood pastor, Pastor Ruben Trevino. Let's uh, hear a little bit about him before we get started. As a pastor's kid, Pastor Ruben Trevino was raised in a Christian home. Along with his wife, Pastor Rosie, he has pastored the Good News Church in the Victoria, Texas area for 42 years, well over four decades. It's been a blessing. Primarily ministering in a teaching anointing, countless lives have been saved, discipled, and flourished under the ministry that the Lord has bestowed upon his life and his calling as a pastor. He holds a bachelor's degree in biblical studies from the Institute for Teaching God's Word Theological Seminary, and he also serves on the board of directors of Abundant Life Church in Eagle River, Wisconsin. He resides in Bay City, Texas with Pastor Rosie, also a prophetess of the Lord there in our church. They have two children involved in ministry, 10 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. He's devoted his life to boldly declaring what thus saith the Lord, no matter who it has separated him and Pastor Rosie from or who it has identified them with. We are so thankful that he and Pastor Rosie have faithfully shared the good news of Jesus Christ, not only with many lives, but also with our family's lives as well. So Pastor Ruben, welcome to the show. Thank you for the invitation. I'm looking forward to imparting the Word of God to the people that are going to be tuning in and appreciate the opportunity. Amen. We're very, very honored. Um, we hold a special place in our heart for Pastor Ruben and Rosie. For those of you listening out there, uh, you may or may not know. If you've been faithfully listening, you do know. But my parents actually met and married. They got married June 1st, 1984 at Good News Church under Pastor Ruben and Rosie. And uh, prophetically, my brother and I came into existence and were born and have faithfully been serving God since. And so it's out of their ministry that we were birthed, I guess you could say literally and prophetically. So we appreciate you, Pastor Ruben, and honor you for being here today. We're talking today about a life of faith. We're talking about walking by faith and just being able to trust God. So Pastor, tell us about faith and its aspects and its effects on one's life well for one thing uh, galatians 3 11 says the just shall live by faith so that means that we as a christian have to have the word of god because uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing it's not just hearing but it's hearing and hearing and i like to say it uh, hearing and hearing and hearing every day uh, that's how we live and of course, faith cometh by the word of God. So really what he's saying is that we live by the word of God, even though we live in the world. 
And all around us, there are people that don't live by the word of God. So they need to be able to see uh, us in action, so to speak. And uh, a, a biblical example of, of faith, there was a woman with an issue of blood. And I think it's a classic example of how she used her faith to get healed. And uh, she'd been in this condition for, for quite a while. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, we hear about a woman with an issue of blood. And it says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years, that's a long time. I mean, one year is a long time. You know, one month is a long time with issue of blood. And so the Bible says, and she had suffered many things of many physicians. We thank God for physicians and doctors, but they're limited by their education and their experience. And so, so the Bible says, and she had spent all that she had. I mean, she was broke. We don't know how much money she had, but we know now that she didn't have anything. Right. <laughs> she, right. She had spent all that she had and was nothing better. I mean, she didn't get any better. But the Bible says, but rather she grew worse. And that's, that's not good. I mean, you're out of money. You've seen many doctors. You, you're not getting better. You're getting worse. So she's in a really bad situation, but this is where the faith comes in. But when she heard of Jesus, that's that's where faith comes from. Hearing what Jesus says and what he can do. When she heard of Jesus, thank God for somebody telling her. Yes. Somehow she heard. That's how I heard. That's how my family heard about Jesus. But after she had heard she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, here's her faith in action. She's speaking out what she wants, right? She's speaking it out. For she said, if I may just touch the hem of the clothes, I shall be whole. Amen. So apparently she heard about a Jesus that heals. Right. And I've been in this condition for 12, I've, I've tried all the doctors. I don't have any money. What do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. Right? A lot of times people use God as a crutch. Well, the, well, I mean, if doctors can't do anything, what can God do? And I remember the, my wife telling me when she was a little girl, uh, four years old, she was given up to dying. And her parents were raised Catholic. And uh, so she was raised Catholic at four years old. But relatives told him about a, a church in Victoria that uh, they prayed for the sick. And uh, her dad said something along these lines. He says, well, if doctors can't do anything for her, what can man do? Wow. And uh, so he said, well, anyway, we'll take her. And of course, she got healed. You know, God used a prophet named F.E. Ward yes. to bring healing to her body. And she had sores on her head, and uh, she used to have to wear a stocking. But people that were there that night said that when he laid hands on her, that immediately they dried up. Wow. Well, that's faith in action right there. Yes, sir. And uh, she was totally healed and has been healed. She's 72 years young now. And so she's been healed over 60 some odd years. Man. And now she's a prophet of God and my wife. and. I've almost, well, 54 years. That's a long time. That's a long time That's of a faithfulness. Long time. 
But anyway, she heard about Jesus, and so she says, "If I just, if I can just get to Jesus, I, I know I'm gonna be healed." That's what she said. See, faith has a voice, and it speaks what it desires, what it wants, and doubt speaks the opposite. And so, when we live by faith, we live by the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about marriage? What does the Word of God say about divine health? What does the Word of God say about tithing, offering, anything that has to do with life? It's in the Bible. So we have to read it to hear it. It's not enough just to read it. You've got to hear the words. You've got to hear what you're reading. That's why many times when I read my Bible, I read it out loud. Because why? Faith comes by hearing. hearing. That's right. And hearing. Because a lot of times you're not going to hear it the first time. You know, we've been in this uh, full-time ministry 42 years, and uh, we've seen a lot of miracles. We've seen a lot of people get healed, and and that's why we preach the gospel. The gospel means good news. That's why the Lord gave us that name for our church. And we were one of the very first ones. I didn't know of anybody that had a church, and now there's a bunch of them that are good news. <laughs> but in reality, we're all supposed to have uh, good news, right? Yes. Amen. What's good news to a sick person? You don't have to be sick. What's good news to a person that's hungry? You don't have to be hungry. God has provision, but it's not going to just happen. You have to get it out of the pages of the Bible, get it into your heart and speak it out of your mouth. Notice she said, mm -hmm. that's her faith talking. That's how you apply your faith. You have to know what it says and then agree with it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. And that's what she did. She said, if I can just touch his in the hem of his garment, I'm going to be whole. And guess what? Now she's got action, corresponding action. If it's true faith, you're going to have corresponding action. Yes. It's like somebody saying, well, I'm believing God for a job and they never apply for a job. Well, <laughs> they never go. I mean, you know, you've got to do something. Faith has works. That's right. Faith has actions. And so here's her faith in action by what she said. And then she follows through with what she said. And let's see what happens. The Bible says, and when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. That means she's doing what her faith is saying. She said, I've got faith that if I can just get to Jesus and touch him, I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be healed of this. Remember how many years? 12 years. That means she must have heard something about Jesus being a healer. If I can just get to him, I know I'm going to be whole. That's what she said. And here's her actions. She went in the press behind him and she touched the hem of his garment. And look what happens. And then the Bible says, For she said, If I may touch, but the him of his clothes, I shall behold. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I'm taking it by faith. But here she got immediate results. She felt in her body and people can feel the presence of God just like you can feel the presence of Satan. Mm -hmm. How many times have we ever watched a movie and all of a sudden it's a scary scene and man, I mean, your hair starts rising Cedar, up. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, if you can feel that, you can also feel the presence of God. You can feel when you're healed. You can feel when you're sick. 
So you can tell the difference, and she could tell the difference. And the Bible says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that, that someone had, had touched him, turned about and said, well, who touched me? Now, remember that there's a throng of people, their disciples are around him. And all of a sudden he said, no, somebody's touched me with faith. Because everybody was touching him. I mean, if, you know, if you're being thrown by people, you're touching people all over the place. But in order to touch him with faith, your heart's got to be involved and your mouth has got to be involved and your actions have to be involved. That touches God. And he said, somebody's touched me with faith. That's good. Somebody's touched me with faith. Because a lot of people just say, well, I'm just believing God. But where's your action? Mm -hmm. What are your words? What are you saying? Well, I believe in God, but, you know, I've had this thing for so long and blah, 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 blah. blah and, and they're speaking their doubt. Faith speaks what it believes. Faith does what it believes. And then guess what? God will do what you are believing him for. You've got to believe him first. That comes first. Mm -hmm. Your actions come first. Your words come first. And God will come for you. Remember when God sent that angel, when Daniel was praying for 21 days, the angel told him, he says, I'm come because of your words. I'm here because you said something. And that's why I'm here. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when we speak our faith, God hears. Yes. And, and God shows up. And look what the Bible says. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that someone had, that virtue had gone out of him. That vir word virtue is power. Mm -hmm. There's times that I pray for people and I can feel the power. There's sometimes I don't feel anything. But they do. Right. Because they're the ones that are using their faith. They're using their faith. Now, Jesus is going to say something to her in just a little bit that's going to really help us, give us some insight. And the Bible says, and Jesus immediately knowing within himself that, that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Somebody's touched my clothes. But that's why the disciples said, well, everybody's touching your clothes. Mm -hmm. I mean, but no, 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 wait a minute. Somebody's touched me with faith. Yes. Somebody's been saying something. And somebody's doing what they said they were going to do. And I mean, the moment she did, notice Jesus didn't know she was in the crowd. Right. He had no, he was just walking. And people were touching him, but somebody touched him with all the qualifications of what real faith is. And what she said really touched Jesus. And so he says, who touched me? And the disciples tell him what? The disciples said in verse 31 unto him, I mean, you see the multitude thronging you and you say who? I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of folks here. I don't know who touched you with faith, but Jesus knows who's using his faith. Yes. And this really wasn't his. It was her faith. She had faith. She heard about Jesus. So 
She receives the faith of Jesus. See, faith comes from God. Mm-hmm. He's a faith God. The Bible says that God is love, but love doesn't work without faith. So here's God's love working, and he's just walking. He's not even aware that there's a person that has this kind of a need. But I tell you what, faith will always come through for you. And and that's how you touch Jesus, even though people were touching him in the natural. But somebody touched him in the supernatural, that the power of God came out of him. Notice other people were touching him, but no power came out. Right. That's true. You've got to activate the power of God by your faith, by your words, and by your action. When those two things are there, man, I'll tell you what, the power of God will be released, whatever you have need of. That's awesome, Pastor. That's actually the next question that we have. How does faith lead to miracles and breakthrough and victory? So if we read this story and we apply it in our lives, what does that look like to the believer? Well, once again, a classic example. That's why I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to to tell us this example because it's it's all right here. This woman did it after 12 years, no money. She's seen all the doctors and she's not any better. Matter of fact, Bible says she was even worse. I mean, that's a bad place to be. I mean, you don't have no more money. You've run through all the doctors. Reminds me of Sister Alice, you know, 14 different doctors. And the doctors told her, there's nothing more we can do. But Jesus showed up in her in her hospital room at Detour Hospital. And that was 27 years ago. She's still healed and still sharing that testimony. And God uh, allowed her to write a book about it. And boy, that's, that's an awesome book. And uh, so straightway, she immediately felt in her body she was healed. And Jesus says, somebody's touched me with faith. And his disciple says, well, I don't know who. But he says, who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. How he knew who this person was had to have been by faith. Because there could have been hundreds. I mean, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say how many people thronged him. But the be thronged means they are surrounding him with the 12 disciples. They're all there. And uh, so, but somebody touched him with faith. And he said, no, wait a minute, no. I know, I know that person is here. He had no idea if it was a woman or a man, but somebody touched him. Mm-hmm. He knows when his power goes goes out, and and the Bible says that he looked round about because he knew. Bible says, and Jesus immediately knowing, Jesus knows when somebody uses their faith, and somebody's just speaking words, idle words, and and they don't have their their faith backed up by their actions. That's how you can tell, really, if somebody has faith or not. Look at their actions. Somebody says, well, you know, uh, I'm a cowboy fan or I'm a Texan fan. <laughs> and you don't see no action. You don't see them getting excited whenever the, their team wins. And uh, they're just like a bump on the log, you know, just like, <laughs> no, something don't add up here. You say here that you enjoy the Cowboys, but here they've won and you didn't even react. You didn't oh. even at least clap your hands. You didn't even say, well, that's a good game, wasn't it? <laughs> Nothing. So that means their actions are not there. That's just empty words. Right. Empty words, but w- words that are full of faith will produce what it is they're believing for. And there's different ways that you can use your faith. 
You can get hands laid on. You can speak the word. You can anoint with oil. I mean, just just different ways. God doesn't just have one way. He is the way. Amen. And when he leads and he guides, I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome. But Jesus says this. He looked round about in verse 33, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, my faith has made you whole. Thy faith. Wow. Your faith. That's good. Your faith. Your faith. Not my faith. Your faith. Well, you did get it from me, but... This didn't. This miracle didn't come from me, so to speak. You drawed it out of me. You touched me. You said something. You did something. And my power had nothing but to do what was expected of it. You draw. You drew it out of me. And that's what we have to do. We have to draw the word of God, what's on the on the pages of this book, out of here into our hearts and into our mouth. Those two have to be in agreement for true faith to be there. Amen. Powerful stuff in it. He says, your faith has made you whole. Whole. Wow. Her faith. He could have said, hey, that was my power. That was my faith. Wow. How'd you do that? He knew how she did it. He knows how we all live by faith. That's why the just shall live by faith. That's right. And that's how we live. So praise God for that. So, Pastor, I know you touched on this a little bit, but can you share practical ways listeners can build themselves in the faith? Of course, we know like you've been referencing reading the word and prayer and things, but how else can listeners do that to build themselves up to this point, in a sense, to be able just to say, hey, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment and I believe and I know that I'm going to be made whole. Well, there's a scripture in the book of Jude. And if we go over there, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves. You mentioned the word building up yourselves by your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's probably the number one way to build yourself up, praying in the Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of people, of course, that are against it. uh, Sad to say, but they're missing out. Whatever it is you don't believe of this Bible, you're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. And sad to say, you may make it to heaven. Hopefully you do. And when you get to heaven, you know, you're going to find out, I could have had this over here in planet Earth, but I was taught against it. I didn't believe in this because I, I was, I was, you know, my church, my religion didn't teach this. And there are still people today, there are churches today that preach against this. But that's how you build yourself up in your most Holy faith. And uh, the most holy faith, I mean, it doesn't get any better than most. Right? That's true. And it says you're praying in the Holy Ghost. So that's that's another topic for another time. But that's something that, um, that I got filled with the Holy Ghost uh, there at Lakewood Church when Kenneth Hagin Sr. came and he was preaching. And, uh, and I thought for sure he was going to lay hands on me. Lay hands on everybody because I had just finished reading his book. I don't know if you ever read it. Seven Steps to Receiving the Holy Ghost. And and, and I had finished reading it and I heard that he was going to be at Lakewood Church. So we went. 
And uh, I was kind of disappointed because at the end of his uh, message, he says, if you want the Holy Ghost, follow this man right over here. Everybody come forward. And so I was going out of the building. I said, Ken Hagen's over there. I'm going this way. <laughs> <laughs> and we went into the old sanctuary that John Osteen talks about. There was holes on the floor. It was the oh my goodness. old feed born. That, that's where I got the Holy Ghost. Wow. And I had a friend of mine. He was Catholic and uh, he was, he was coming to our church, one of the, the three families that helped Pastor Albert Salazar start this church. And, and so he was, I said, I said, Brother Joel, why don't you uh, be in this pew over here and I'll be right behind you. Because I wanted to see if the Catholic got it. I'm sure the Pentecostals <laughs> going to get it. So he got hands laid on Brother Jonathan and boy, he got the Holy Ghost. Wow. I said, well, I know I'm going to get it too. <laughs> And I had heard all kinds of stories, you know. I said, well, you got to feel this, you got to see this. So I was waiting to hear something, feel something, nothing. He just laid hands on me and he said, well, just speak. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I opened my mouth and I tell you what, this heavenly language started coming out of me. Wow. And I was like, wow, it's that easy. That's too easy. Well, you know, God doesn't make you know, living by faith hard. The devil makes it hard. Right. Religion makes it hard. It says you got to do this, you got to do that. Uh, you know, you got to say it this way or whatever. Because I, I had heard some weird stories. I had heard some people say, well, I got the Holy Ghost right there by that tree. I knelt down by that tree, so... Hey, if I find that tree, it's going to help me, you know. <laughs> I got the Holy Ghost by running around the third pew. I oh, said, okay, one, two, three. Okay, let's see what I, I'm, I'm telling you. These are real stories. And I was like, man, are you sure you got the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Maybe it was the Hula Ghost. You know? Oh, my goodness. Lord have mercy. I was like, okay, well, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. There was no harps in the background, nothing, no music. I was like, man, did I get it? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Praise God. And I remember we left the service and the, my wife and the, Joe's wife said, well, did y'all get it? I said, yeah. In the way, I was a little disappointed. I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. I just spoke in tongues. That's what you, that's, that's the initial evidence. Right. That's the Bible evidence. So I got it by faith. And I uh, stepped out, and sure enough, praise God, that's what happened. This is like the story of the other woman that with the issue of blood. I mean, she said it, she did it, she got it. You know, and speaking about faith, I want to highlight an example where pastors have taught the word of faith these 40 plus years to the people, talking about a believing believing in your heart, knowing it, and speaking it forth. They trained mom and dad in the word of faith. And for those of you listening, you've heard a little bit about this, but our dad, when I was seven and you were three, Jonathan, right. had an accident at our property in Yorktown, at right. our ranch. And in the moment, you've got to know in your heart what you believe, and then you've got to speak it. And my dad actually fell about 20 feet 
to his death. And he talks and shares the experience he had on his side of things in the spiritual world and how he was on his way to hell because he was backsliding and living in sin in some areas, namely not giving tithe and offering. But on the flip side, my mom being a born again Christian, knowing the word of faith and myself as a child learning about that spoke faith to be able to say you will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord like the book of Psalms talks about. And so having that impartation of faith and then speaking it out like Pastor Ruben said, brought about the miracle where my dad died at age 33, Mm -hmm. but was literally raised from the dead in front of our eyes. And to this day is thriving and living and enjoying life, was able to raise us, Amen. able to learn more about faith, be a blessing at church, but knowing and believing. And my mom building herself up in her most holy faith was able to speak that in power and authority to bring that about. And I love how you mentioned as a child learning because pastors walking us through the process here and we see that faith comes by hearing. But then in Jude, we read that you can build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And that's that relationship. And in the same way, like a natural person listening to the podcast and they say, well, how do I know, you know, that I can trust Jesus? Well, this woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus and she acted on her faith. But then as believers, we can continue to build. Faith doesn't just come, but now we're building in our faith. Now there's works accompanying our faith. Faith worketh by love to see that not only have you heard about Jesus, But now with this relationship and the Holy Spirit indwelling in a believer, now we know Jesus. And in the natural, someone you spend a lot of time with, you know how they're going to act. You say, well, I have faith. Pastor told me he's going to be here at this time. This is what he's going to do. Sister Joy said she's going to, you know, give this love offering. I know she's going to come through. Brother Jonathan said he's going to, you know, meet me here. We're going to go to this place and do this thing. When you know someone, you have faith in that person. And so faith comes. We're introduced. Let me tell you about Jesus. But then the next step is you go and learn more about Jesus. You get in your word. You learn who Jesus is, where even at seven years old, you knew that Jesus could raise your father from the dead. And I was about three years old, you know, still learning and growing. But to see that, especially as I work with the the youth in the church, let's introduce you to Jesus, hear about him, but then challenge you to build yourself up. I love that scripture that you mentioned, Pastor. Build yourself up in your faith. Don't just rely on everybody everybody else's faith. Well, I heard Brother Frank was raised from the dead. You know, I heard Pastor Rosie was healed. But know Jesus so that when you need him, for yourself, he's there for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what God wants. All of his kids were born as little babies. But somebody's got to feed you. Somebody's got to take care of you. Someone's got to change your diaper because we do get dirty sometimes. Hello. Well. uh, But eventually we grow up and then eventually we have our own children, our own family. And the beat goes on, as they say, you know. Now, you know, I remember as a child growing up, I'm 72 years young now. And uh, now I'm a grandfather. I'm a great grandfather. And I'm just like, whoa, (laughs) that's getting up there, you know. But uh, man, it's been a, I'll tell you what, living by faith is the only way that I know how to live in the last 42 years. We've lived by faith and by the Word of God. And everybody's supposed to live by the Word of God. Well, well, the pastor's got to live by, no, no, no. The just. That's right. Shall live by faith. The Christians shall live by faith, which means if you don't live by faith, you're going to die without it. 
And that's why a lot of people are, are, are dying, so to speak, spiritually, because they don't have the hunger. If, if you're healthy, have a healthy body, you're going to be hungry. Mm -hmm. You're going to have hunger. God made the body to want to eat. And if you don't ha have a hunger for the Word of God, mm, somebody's dying. That's good. That's very good. Somebody's dying because you don't have hunger. And usually when people are real sick, I don't feel like eating. I don't, I'm not hungry. Lost my appetite. Lost my appetite. Wow. You can lose your appetite for the things of God because you're now eating. Here it is off the things of the world. Everybody eats. Are you eating off the things of the world or the things of God? It just depends on, on where, where you're sitting and what table. God prepares the table in front of you before your enemies. Mm -hmm. I mean, your enemies are watching you eat. Your enemies are watching you. That's good. And you are just eating the Word of God and feeding yourself and praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up. That's right. That's why the devil fights tongues so much, because the scripture says when you pray in tongues, number one, you're building yourself up. It's like working out. And how many people do you see work out? <laughs> Hello. Well. <laughs> I mean, okay. We can see somebody that's been working out. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, wow, what a body, man. Look, muscles all kind of places. Boy, she looks good. Oh, he looks good. You can tell they're working out. And you can tell when they're not working out. It's like, I like to say it like this. Uh, I can tell if, you, if you're pretty and I can tell if you're ugly. Oh. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, it is what it is. So working out in the Holy Ghost, it's, the Bible says work out what? Your, Your salvation. salvation. So it's a workout. A lot of people don't like to work out. And boy, I tell you what, my wife and I, we just joined a, a, a gym. and uh, But I've got my card, but I haven't gone yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been two weeks already, and I passed right by, and I said, oh, uh, let's go together, hon. Uh, let's encourage one another. Because <laughs> it sure is hard to get going, you know. But that's the way it is. I mean, things that, you know, that bring you benefit, you have to put something into it. Mm -hmm. You got to put something into it in order to get something out of it. If you don't put nothing in, nothing that junk in, junk out. That's just the way it is in life. That's right. And that's true what Pastor's saying about faith in instead of flesh in. Because in that moment where there's an emergency situation or something, if we don't have the Holy Ghost to depend on, the word, the faith to speak, we're gonna go off of the flesh. And um, we had actually, uh, referencing my dad's accident again, in that moment, my mom had called a couple people just to inform them and then went back to continue praying for dad. Right. And so one of the couples came and right away, she didn't anticipate them coming, but they were coming to the house. She knew that they did not have faith. They were full of flesh, doubt, unbelief, fear. Yeah. And so right away, she extended her hand towards the road where they were coming and spoke against anything because she spoke with her mouth. Whatever they speak over the situation, I know it's not going to be faith. So we already cast those words. We take them captive. We're, they're not going to produce life. You know, they're only going to produce death. So I know they're here for support, but we take hold of that. So yeah. um, like you're saying, Pastor, we have to build ourselves up in that most holy faith in order to act. Classic example is where that 12 year old girl dies. JR is just coming to Jesus. Jesus says, I'll go to your house. He says, No, you don't have to do that. All you do is just speak the word and my daughter will be healed. 
And so Jesus eventually winds up going there. And when he goes there, there are people there that, that don't have faith. They're not in faith. And you know what Jesus told them? Get out. Only the mom and dad went in there with Jesus. And the rest of them, he probably offended them, you think? Yeah. Oh, we're here for support. And Jesus says, if you're not here with faith, I want you outside the door. Wow. Ooh, I know they got hurt. I know mm -hmm. they got offended. But you know what? You do what you got to do to right. save the person that needs the miracle. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's sometimes that you have to do radical things. You have to be around the right crowd. You have to be around the right people. And not everybody has faith, even though they may say they have faith. But a lot of times because of their lifestyle, you're able to tell. Jesus could tell by their, their lifestyle, by looking at somebody, that they were really serving God and not serving God. The Bible says that he knew their thoughts. Wow. So, I mean, here you are saying this, and Jesus is looking right into your heart and, and said, what you're saying is not what you really believe in. Mm -hmm. Out. That had been pretty tough. Yes. But you know what? They got a miracle. Yes. She was raised from the dead at 12 years old. Amen. Wow, what a blessing. That's what faith can do. But pure faith has got to be there. It, it, it can't be mixed in with doubt. Well, I've got a little faith, a little doubt, a little bit of both, you know, just in case. No, no, no. Faith speaks what it desires. It does what it desires. And it gets what it desires. That's that's real faith. Amen. Amen. And I know that's carried y'all even through your life, Pastor Ruben, personally, with your family and the ministry of Good News Church. Because Jonathan and I, we've witnessed miracle after miracle, financial, mental, spiritual, uh, prodigal sons coming home, countless things because of that faith and action that y'all have built, the ministry God's given you. Absolutely. And to us, that's our paycheck. When we see people like y'all, people that have received the word of the Lord, and we see it in their in their lives. Now we see them laying hands on the sick. We see them preaching. We see them teaching. I just as soon sit in the back and just watch my spiritual kids take care of the whole thing. Amen. That's joy. I mean, that, hey, I've done my job. I, mean, I finished my course. I'm ready to go home. You know, but I'm not really ready. No, yeah, no, yeah, no rush. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm in no rush. Well, so we've heard about uh, testimonies from people that have been inspired by the faith of you and Pastor Rosie, senior pastors at the Good News Church. But for our listening audience, can you share some of those stories about how faith has shaped your personal life and the ministry of GNC, which has trickled down to the members? Well, once again, you know, if we preach it, we have to live it. And uh, so being the example, that's why many times when you when you see us pick up a special offering of some kind, who's the first ones to give? As leaders, you have to be an example, a good example. Mm -hmm. And that's the main reason we do. We don't do it to brag, hey, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give that. God knows our heart. It's not about that. It's to let him know we believe in what we're doing. We believe that God told us to do this. And so we're the first ones to get involved. Who wants to be next? Who wants to give the next hundred or whatever it is? You know, not everybody's on the same level, but it but it encourages people, you know, and I, I could sit here for hours and tell you personal testimonies. And uh, 
One particular time, it has to do with my wife. We were in Nicaragua back in 91. 1991, the only time we've been there. We were invited to preach. I was preaching, and I just felt it. Tell my wife, hon, come on up and say something. That's the way you have to tell her, because if you tell her to come up and preach, she's oh, no, no. <laughs> they called you to preach. You know, I'm, 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 that's okay. But just come on up and greet the people. Uh-huh. That's how I do it. That's it. I get her up there. Once I get her to open up her mouth, I mean, the Holy Ghost takes over. And all of a sudden, she looks at the, um, at the praise and worship person and his wife and God is telling her to tell them that they're getting their pastor's anointing and she's like I don't want to say that Uh (laughs) in other words it almost seems like they're going to be the next pastors and the pastors are not going to be the pastors anymore and she's like she didn't do it just quite like that but she did pray over them and after the service the pastor tells her and tells me, I want to talk with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> she said, huh, did I do anything wrong? Well, the way you were kind of going in a certain direction, I said, hopefully he didn't take it the wrong way, that trying to leave him out and, and focusing on the praise and worship team. He said, what you don't know is that a couple of months ago, the Lord spoke to me and my wife to go to Ireland start a church in Ireland and Eddie and his wife are going to be taken over. Wow. But we haven't even told the church leadership. Mm-hmm. We haven't mentioned it to the church and you were that close to spilling all the beans before we even said anything. But now we're going to be able to take what you said behind the pulpit and tell the people, remember when? Mm-hmm. So that when they did announce it, it helped you know, for them to know that, that God was in on this thing right. already. Because God knows everything, mm-hmm. past, present, and future, right? So that was a powerful uh, example. Of course, my wife was, I mean, she was, I mean, her heart just, oh, dear Lord, I know they're going to get on my case. I said, well, you're the one that said it, so I'll, <laughs> I'll just go with you, you know, and, uh, and see what happens. But that's when he told her what I just got through saying. And he was just, like, just grateful and thankful that you didn't, go all the way. You could have easily done it because the decision had already been made. Mm -hmm. Their pastor in Texas had already known about the situation. But they just hadn't told a soul. And the Holy Ghost, I mean, he's he's a, he likes to blab stuff. He likes to say things so that people will know that's God. Right. Mm -hmm. Powerful testimony. Powerful, powerful testimony. We've been so honored to learn and grow and experience along with y'all these acts of faith declarations the testimonies we just rejoice in everything that we've learned and we've gotten to witness along with you pastor all these years full of faith and even as an act of faith because you came from the private sector a very good job in the oil and gas industry and then having to take that step of faith can you walk the audience through what was it like for you to step out in faith well, right before we answered the call, I was working for Chevron Oil Company in their computer department and had a good job, you know, four weeks paid vacation at my own office, pretty much my own hours. And But I felt the calling of God. I said, you know what? This is not, this is not my future. Mm. And so I went on a three-day fast 
and no food, no water for three days. And at the end of three days, I went into our patio area at Chevron and had my little Bible, my little dagger, I call it. And I opened it up and it opened it up to two scriptures. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just opened them up. I don't encourage people to do it like that, but, but that's the way it worked for me. And here's the first scripture, Ephesians 4, verse 1. Notice what it says. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. I was like, whoa. That was directly for me. But then he gave me a warning. Colossians 2, verse 8. And here was the warning because I was raised Pentecostal and uh, I'd seen a lot of things. And like I told you, I've seen people run around the trees and mm -hmm. the third pew and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of different things. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Beware. It's a warning. Lest any man spoil you through what? Philosophy. Philosophy and vain deceit. What is it? philosophy I wrote it down a system of principles for the conduct of life how people do life right well, this is my philosophy on life mm -hmm. I don't believe you have to go to church I don't believe you got to die I don't believe that I don't believe that this is what I believe that's their philosophy so he says be careful of the philosophy of people because they're going to tell you no you don't do it that way this is how you do it or we don't do it that way so beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit and the tradition of men. Wow. Yep. Do you know that the, the tradition of men is the only thing that has more power than the Word of God? What I mean, you can believe God, but if Bible says in Mark 7, because of your tradition, you make the Word of God of no effect. Tradition nullifies the word of God. Well, God says tithe and give offer so he can get involved. Tradition says, no, you don't have to. And it makes the word of God what you don't get the effect of tithing and offering because right. you're not doing it because your tradition says you don't have to. Your tradition says that's Old Testament. Well, yeah, it started in the Old Testament, but it's also in the New Testament. Right. It's in Hebrews 7. It's in Matthew 23. And so because of what we believe, it's not true. It's tradition. Uh, I used to like to give this example. Back in the day, people, you know, didn't have a whole lot of money. So whenever it came Thanksgiving time, they bought a turkey and everything. But their stoves are real small. Mm-hmm. And this child saw grandma cooking the turkey and cut off the front part of the turkey and the back part so that it would fit into the stove. And that's the way she, she learned it. So when she got old, her, her tradition was to cut off that part and this part and cook the rest. And the grandchild learned from the mama. So she did it. Finally, she, she decided to ask, so what? Why do we cut the turkey like that? 
And she said, well, you know, I don't know. That's just the way my mama did it. And so grandma was still around and said, grandma, why, why do we cut that part of the turkey? When did we start that tradition and why did we start it? Grandma said, well, it's because I had a small stove and the big turkey didn't fit in there. Wow. So I cut off the front part and the back part so that it would fit. Tradition. Mm. They were missing out on good parts of the turkey. Give me the whole turkey. <laughs> Give me the whole turkey. <laughs> I want it all. Yes, sir. But because of tradition, they were missing out. Mm. And that's what tradition can do. In Mark 7, that's where, that's where it talks about that. Because of your tradition, you make the word of God of no effect. Mm. Can you imagine how effective this book can be? Mm-hmm. In your life, if you apply it and you do it, but if you don't know it, and if you're told God doesn't do that today, or that's for the future, no, we don't do that anymore. Mm. And yet the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even that story that you told, Pastor, from the Bible, about the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. According to the Jewish tradition, she should not have been there mm-hmm. because she was unclean. She right. was unclean. So the tradition was going to keep her from Jesus. And that's a classic example of what can happen because of tradition. But many times you got to break that tradition and, and you just do what the Bible says, even though your tradition says, oh, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like when we went to Israel the first time, I think it was, um, we went in 1988 and we went into the Dome of the Rock. You've seen it. It's got that gold top to it. And mm-hmm. and that's the Temple Mount. And the Arabs own that right now. We went inside and inside of it, it's beautiful inside it, but there's a big old rock right in the middle of it. And they believe that that's, that's where uh, Muhammad was taken up into heaven. The Arabs believe that. So it's holy to them. And... Uh, we were talking and discussing and praising God. And one of the men that works there said, shh, shh, you can't talk in here. Wow. And we were like, he said, shh, you have to be quiet in here. Hmm. This is a holy place. And so we were like, wow, that's their tradition. You know, the Bible talks, if you're in a holy place, praise God, worship God, thank God, right? But tradition says, shh, be quiet about healing, be quiet about baptism in the Holy Ghost. Don't talk about it. Our tradition says it's not of God, Mm -hmm. but the Bible says it is of God. Amen. Who are you going to believe? And that's where a lot of people sometimes say, well, you know, I was raised Catholic, I was raised Baptist, and... Uh, you know, uh, once a Catholic, always a Catholic, and I'm going to die a Catholic. And because of their tradition, they could easily miss out on what the Word says mm-hmm. because of their tradition. Let me just read that scripture to you in Mark chapter 7. I think it's important enough for us to at least look at it. The whole chapter is good, but I want to just read that one that one verse. <clears throat> Well, let's look at verse 9. And he said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. How many people have you run across 
that are not willing to change. They want to hold on to their tradition, whatever it is, whatever religion that it may be. And they and they hold on to that and they reject. Because mm-hmm. if you hold on to tradition, you're going to have to reject the truth. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to. You can't have both. Right. You cannot have both. And then Jesus says, Full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. And then it says what from Moses said, it talks about what, to, how to bless your father and your mother. But they said, we don't have to do that if we give it to God. What are we going to give to mom and dad? We're going to call it korban, which means a gift to God. So they, they, they were saying, we no longer have to honor mother and father if we're honoring God. Baba doesn't say that. It says to honor both God right. and father and mother. Mm-hmm. He never said that. But tradition said it was okay. And then Jesus keeps on talking. And what does he say? In verse 11, what does verse 11 say? But if you say. But ye say. Mm-hmm. I say this, but you say. Mm-hmm. Tradition has something to say, but it's not the truth. But you say what? If a man shall say to his father or mother, this korban, that is to say, it's a give by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, then I'll be free. I don't have to honor your father and mother because I'm giving this to God. Mm-hmm. I don't have to help y'all. See, that was their tradition. And then Jesus says what in verse 12? He suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition which you have delivered, and many such things like do ye. What does that mean? Tradition in a way is stronger than truth. Wow. I know it doesn't sound quite biblical, but right here, according to the scripture right here, it says right there mm-hmm. that your tradition makes the word of God of what? None effect. None effect. Because it's keeping you from activating that faith. It's it, keeping it's you from keeping you touching from, Jesus by faith. It's keeping you from living by faith. Wow. Because you're living by your tradition. Mm-hmm. Your tradition says something. God says different. As, as, as Isaiah Reed used to say, somebody lying. Somebody lying. They're putting right. their faith in the wrong people. They're putting their faith in the traditions instead of the they're faith in the Word of God. They're putting their faith in man. Mm-hmm. And they're making the Word of God of no effect. It says you make the commandments of God of no effect because of your tradition. Mm-hmm. That's why many times people don't continue on with Jesus. They don't continue on because... They feel they have to leave their traditional church and come into something that's that they're not familiar with. It takes a step of faith. It takes faith. It takes faith to live by faith. Mm-hmm. Right? So there it is. Pastor, as we start to bring this to a close, I want to close out with your original text in Mark chapter 5, verse 34 through 36. Today we've been learning about faith, being encouraged, hearing the word. And when we hearken, when we do what Pastor was talking about, building ourselves up and being in the word and, you know, not adhering to tradition and letting that be our God, but letting God be our God. Verse 34 says, and he, Jesus said unto her daughter, your faith 
has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We can be in peace and wholeness like shalom. That's right. Nothing missing and nothing broken. And then verse 35 says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the master any further? And then 36, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Whenever a negative word comes to your mind through somebody that you're associated with, you got to do this right here immediately right casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself is trying to exalt itself above the word of god mm -hmm. and bible says you got to cast it down don't meditate on it don't think about it cast it down that's why when jesus saw those people and that little 12 year old girl dead he says y'all need to step out he got rid of the doubt he got rid of tradition. He got rid of the religious people. Mm -hmm. He needed faith people. Mom and dad would believe in God for a miracle. And he was the miracle worker. Mm. And faith comes by hearing faith. and hearing and hearing and hearing. So the people we surround ourselves with. Yes. So important. That's why it's vital who your close friends are, who you hang out with. I like to say it like this. Whoever you hang out with is who you're going to hang with. I mean... Let me know what kind of friends you got, and I can tell you what kind of life you live in. Mm -hmm. Just by your friends. Think about the cliques in school. They all dress alike. They all look alike. They all talk alike. They have the same language, same type of hairstyle, same type of this, same type of that. And you notice the kids that are don't want to have nothing to do with that, you know. Usually the smart kids, I don't know how it is in your school. In my school, the smart kids were up front. Oh, yeah. And the rest of us was in the back, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. yes. Because the smart kids were, here it is, the teacher's right here. If you're sitting way back here, you're seeing this row, that row, and that row, what they're doing, what they're saying, passing notes, doing this, doing that. You're not paying attention over there. If you're up front, there's no distractions. Mm -hmm. No distractions. You're hearing. You're hearing and hearing. Mm -hmm. Back there, you're not going to hear. You're going to hear all the all the stuff going on back here. Hey, what about this? Hey, let's go do this after. Yeah. And, and what? What'd you say? You know, you're not paying attention. Would you say, Pastor, that you can't hear over there? There you go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And that's why it is what it is. I mean, the smart kids, think about it. Most of them sat up front. Mm -hmm. I don't know of any of them that sat in the back. They all sat in the front, front row or second row because they didn't want to be distracted. And, and the rest of us sat in the back because we wanted to be the distraction, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, Lord help us. Well, uh, Jonathan, this has been a blessing, huh? We have to have Pastor on more often. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we're hearing about faith and we're going to keep yes. hearing and the audience that goes back and rehears this again. And, and every time you hear it, you get something new out of it. That's why Absolutely. we have to be in the Word of God. Absolutely. Pastor, uh, before we do close with prayer and everything, do you have any closing remarks for the people? Well, I just encourage the people to read their Bible, read it out loud and pray Pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit of God, ask God to fill you with the Spirit of God. Pray in tongues so that you can build yourself in your most holy faith. Wow. So if you're not 
baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're missing out on a whole lot. People are missing out. You know, we see people every day and it's like, man, if they only knew what we knew. Mm-hmm. If they only knew who we knew, who we know, you know? And, uh, and that's why we like to pass out the door hangers and little things, you know, to teach people how to just, just get out there. You don't have to be an evangelist or anything like that. Just say, hey, read this. How hard is that? Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus loves you. How hard is that to tell somebody? You never know what people are going through. I mean, from one week to the next, people can go through something. We may not even know about it, but the Holy Ghost does. And so he'll speak, he'll minister. And I, I don't know why I said that. Why am I saying that? Well, after the service, we'll have people come up to, well, I really needed that, Pastor. Oh, my God. I was going through this and that. Well, we didn't know, but who does? That's why it's so vital to to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard my wife say, well, I'm, I'm, I haven't even got to my message yet. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Yeah, she's already pulling. She's hitting over here and hitting over here and home run over here and home run over here and home run over The Holy Ghost knows who's there mm-hmm. and what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're like, man, that's, that's what sounds, that sounds like something off the wall. I didn't even plan to say that. But the Holy Ghost knows who's there. The Holy Ghost knows who's going to be listening. Like even the podcast. We don't know who's going to be listening to this podcast. But there's going to be people listening. And they're going to need to hear what is being said. So appreciate y'all's ministry and getting this word out through the podcast. And preaching, teaching, and so on and so forth. Uh, we're just doing what we can do. Y'all are doing what y'all can do to, to reach people, to help people, to let them know, hey, this is available. You can take it or leave it. If I was you, I'd take it. But, you know, there's going to be people that that's going to reject Christ. Mm-hmm. But they're not rejecting us. You know, I always like to use the example of a FedEx person come to the front door. We got a box for you. You missed so-and-so. You know, just sign right here. But what is that box? I have no idea. Just sign right here and you can have it. Uh, well, I don't know what it is. We'll just sign right here and, and you can have it. Uh, I'm not going to sign for it. Okay. They take the box, put it back in the truck and drive off. They don't get in the car. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh, it's not a personal thing. Right. It's not. They didn't reject them. They rejected the box mm-hmm. and whoever sent the box. Mm-hmm. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus, who the Father sent. God so loved the world that He gave. He sent. He did something. They're rejecting. They're lost. Mm. So. And Jesus is that gift. It's a free gift. Free gift. Faith is free. The Bible says, "Only believe." That's it. Only believe. Only believe. People will make it to be so hard, so difficult, so complicated. Tradition does that. Like there's a, you know, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 23. You do this, you do this, you light candles, you pray this, you pray that, but you're praying in vain. Your words are in vain. Can you imagine praying in vain, which means it's not going to do you any good. Of none effect. It's none effect. Mm -hmm. And yet you keep your tradition. You say, well, that's all I know. That's all I've ever known. And my mama taught me this way and my daddy taught me. Well, have you ever thought that maybe mama might be wrong? Let me ask you one question. Have you ever been wrong about anything? Mm-hmm. And you found out that you were wrong. Well, well, yeah, we've all been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that maybe you're wrong and this is right? Well, 
I guess, you know. But whatever you don't believe, you're not going to receive. That's right. And even the miracle of salvation itself, you know, some people build all these elaborate structures around salvation and all these different ways that you have to get there. But in Romans 10, it's very simple. You believe by faith in your heart and you simply confess with your mouth. And that's how you enter into that lifestyle of faith by receiving Jesus. That's it. You become a, like a child. And then, of course, you got to grow. Mm -hmm. You got to keep eating the word and keep Bob talks about the milk of the word of God. But eventually you want to get to the steak. Come on. Mm -hmm. You want to get to that 12 ounce. You want to get to that eight ounce. Speaking of 12 ounces. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, before we do kind of wrap this up, how can listeners of the podcast contact Good News Church? Uh, you and Pastor Rose, you've been faithful well over 40 years in full-time ministry. How would a listener get in touch with you all if they want some resources or to sow into the ministry? Well, for one thing, they can get on our website, uh, gncvictoria.com, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff there. I mean, they can give there. They can get some uh, all of our teachings, preachings, everybody that's come through Good News Church, all the different ministers, y'all have ministered. And uh, praise God for that. So all of that's out there. Can you imagine what it'd be like if we had an archive of everything Jesus taught? Wow. Be amazing. But we do have the Word. Yes. That's right. So thank God for that. But uh, yeah, that website is available and uh, they can contact us through that and We'll do our best to try to help them and lead them on. But we're going to tell them the truth. Yes. You know, a lot of times we've told people the truth and boy, they didn't like it. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Well, you, I thought you said you wanted the truth. Mm -hmm. That That's the truth. And uh, okay, you know, but everybody has to one day stand before God. You know, we're all going to stand before God and you're not going to have Anybody else standing with you and, well, you know, I got my mama here, my daddy here. I got my priest over here. No, it's 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 one-on-one. -on -one. You and God alone. Amen. What kind of lifestyle did you live? Did you live for God? Did you not compromise? It's a lot of compromise. A lot of people are following tradition. And uh, so, praise God. Thank yes. you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. It's been a great honor and a privilege to have our pastor here today. I tell you what, life in faith, walking by faith, operating in faith and seeing those manifestations of God's goodness, it just makes our life what? Get gooder and gooder. Right, Jonathan? We can edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> better and better. Gooder and gooder is what yes. Pastor Ruben likes to say. But thank you, Pastor, for being here and imparting to us. We encourage you to walk by faith, not by sight. It gets tough some days and it feels like all hope is lost. But hope remains because of the word of God, because of Jesus and because of our faith in him. And Pastor, would you go ahead and pray over the audience? Father, we just thank you for your word that went forth today. I thank you that whatever words were spoken is sown in their hearts and it'll come out of their mouth. And I thank you that I just encourage their, their walk by faith with God and to continue reading their Bible as often as they can and not only read it, but do what it says. And it'll separate them from a lot of people, but it'll identify them with other people, the family of God. And so I thank you for each and every one of them, their families, their husbands, wives, children, and all the relatives, and we just thank you for the opportunity to have spoken into their lives and bless uh, Sister Joy and Brother Jonathan 
in their ministries, Father God, that reaching out to people through this podcast. And I just praise you and thank you for the opportunity to minister your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for your time, Pastor. And for those of you who want to hear more stories of faith, I mean, the Unspeakable Joy podcast has been going for many, many episodes. And Joy, how do they find more examples? Like Pastor mentioned, Sister Alice has uh, got an episode and Isaiah Reed has an episode. How do we go back and find some more? Yeah, so you can go to Unspeakable Joy website at unspeakable-joy.com or you can go to the podcast website at anchor.fm slash unspeakable joy yes you can catch over 80 episodes that are out there sister alice is one of the testimonies and also if you want to request her book the cure you can go onto the church website or my website and we will get you in contact with sister alice to get a copy of her book it's a powerful testimony so yes thank you for tuning in we invite you not only to listen but to share this episode with others as i know they will also be blessed until next time god bless you